Welcome to the Dev and Tech Podcast, where you can pick up tips and tricks on your path to becoming a web developer. I am Aaron Billings, a software engineer from Atlanta, Georgia, and with me is Karen's Wright. Hello, hello, hello. I'm a technical project manager also in Atlanta, Georgia. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to write your resume in a way that companies will take a look, right? Uh, so that's what we're going to talk about today. Karen's, I know that uh, both of us have applied to different companies in the past, uh, maybe even currently. And wouldn't you agree that the resume is your best foot forward to getting that that dream job in tech that you've always wanted. Yes, absolutely. Because it is, it's the first impression oftentimes, you know, it's especially like years ago, it used to be you pound a pavement and you walk into a building and then you speak to directly the hiring manager. But the recruiter, or someone in human resources is oftentimes the first individual. And, you know, what well, we'll dive into it a little bit later. The applicant tracking system is actually a robot, if you will. And so it's the resume is it's I would say that's 80 to 85 percent of the job search battle. Yeah, would agree with that. So I, I know that many people use LinkedIn and and things like that. And and LinkedIn is is awesome. I think we'll we'll I'm having an episode on that too. But you still do need a resume in order for companies to reach out to you in order to get noticed by companies because even if your LinkedIn profile looks good, they still are going to want a hard copy of your resume. They're going to want a hard copy, digital copy of that resume so that they can have that like you said, Karen's run through the applicant tracking system so they can have a copy of it, so they can take a look at it. And depending upon what's on that resume can sometimes depend on whether you get a call back or not. So today we're going to talk about what you should be including in your resume, how to make it relevant, how to keep it simple, how to appeal to the applicant tracking system. And then, um, we're also going to talk about how to how to make it stand out. So what would you say, Karen's, would be the thing that you would do uh, when writing a resume to, to make it relevant uh, to the position that you're applying for? I think that you and I, we had this discussion. It may have been just a few episodes ago, but one of the first things that you want to do is take a look at the job description because the job description, there is usually two sections in a job posting that will, it should be two sections that translate to your resume. And so it's job description and job requirements. They will often mention what is required by their company or what is required in order to do the job. And then you have the job description which they are just describing what the day-to-day -day will look like. And so I say all that to say what you want to do is tailor your resume for each of those sections and then look for those keywords. And so, 
and you know it, it goes down it, it helps like in my case there was I had experience in healthcare, human resources but I wanted to find a job in tech and so therefore I needed to make sure there was an overarching theme to my resume where I included experience that would translate well to the job I was going for and once again translate well to those sections for job requirements and then the job description and so just for example so say you're looking for a job in help desk and so even if you had a job where you worked at a grocery store in customer service think about a couple of bullet points maybe there was a situation it could be something simple there was a situation where you figured out why the office printer was not printing one day. And so you would make mention of that and you would make mention of customer interaction. And so even you may look on the outside looking in, someone may say, you know, I don't know if I should put this on my resume. It was at a grocery store. But if you get what I'm saying, try to draw out the experience from your jobs, your job history in order to create this overall theme of a resume and to let individuals who whoever's looking at your resume let them see what your goal is do you agree with that Aaron yeah I agree with that 100% because because when people look at your resume they're trying to figure out what journey you're on right I, I know I think sometimes there might be a misconception with resumes of like oh, okay well I just need to put down my experience and then they'll just come calling. But that's not always true. So when people are looking at resume, they want to see this story. When they look at it, they say, okay, so who is Karen's, right? They want to know who this person is. And they have thousands of resumes. Uh, it used to be maybe tens of thousands, but now in this job market, it's gotten a little bit better. So maybe just thousands, right? Or maybe just hundreds. But your resume is one of a couple hundred. So the question is, is like, how do you stand out? And it's really by telling your story. So if they have someone who is experienced in tech and they have that story already outlined, they might be the person that, that gets that job, right? If you haven't tailored your resume to show that you have been technically inclined in all your other jobs. And you may say, well, why does that matter? It matters because when an employer looks at the resume or even a recruiter, most of the times recruiters will be looking at your resume since they are the gatekeepers. When they're looking at the resume, they want to say, okay, so did this person, this is this person kind of jumping into tech just for some money? Are they, is this a quick thing? Are they going to stay here? How long are they going to be here? You know, what's the, what the quality of the work that they're going to do? They're the gatekeepers. They're trying to figure all that stuff out. And it's hard to figure that out in a resume that isn't clear, right? So it may be you're applying for your first job in tech, or maybe you've been in tech for a while. But especially if you're applying for your first job in tech, take a look at all the jobs that you've done before and extract those technical details. Like you said, you may be worked in a grocery store or maybe uh, you did customer service. Were there technical things that you did in that position at customer service? How can you highlight those things? It could even be extracurricular stuff. So if you're applying to 
uh, be a software engineer, what kind of projects have you done on the side, right? You're trying to get that experience to show employers, hey, I'm taking this serious. This is my career. This is what I want to do. And if you're applying to a field that may need certifications, make sure you put those things on there too, right? Uh, make sure you put the experience you got. Maybe if you went to college, maybe you did an internship, uh, maybe you even did some technical things or built maybe a site for one of your friends or a family member. That's awesome stuff to put on there too. You, the most important thing is to show that track record or pattern of being technically inclined or working in a position that you want to apply for. And that way, those gatekeepers will take a look and say, okay, well, I think this person could realistically do this job as, you know, a junior coming in, or even if they're experienced, right, as long as you're kind of tailoring that resume for the things that you've done, then they say, okay, well, you know, I'm, I'm sure that they're going to keep up the same work that they've been doing throughout their career, right, in, in tech. So I, I think that's, that's really important. And sometimes uh, people may wonder, like, you know, this is my first job in tech. How exactly do I do that? And it's just really just pulling out those technical details. And honestly, the one thing that you can do, one thing that I did when I first started out to get a, a grasp on this was to reach out to recruiters and have conversations with them, let them see my resume and ask questions. Hey, how could I make this a little bit better? Uh, so reaching out to recruiters, reaching out to maybe a mentor, having conversations with them and saying, hey, how can I make this particular resume better? And wouldn't you agree, Karen's the other thing too is not only, of course, to tailor it toward uh, tech, but also tailor it toward the specific position that you're applying for, because there are many positions in tech. So when, when you agree that's something that you need to do too is kind of tailor each resume that you're kind of sending out to that specific position. Yes, it's... And that's what I was just about to ask you. So if we're, we're focusing on dev and tech. And so just to narrow it down to jobs in this in these fields, how do you feel, Aaron, about it? Would you agree that it's good to, in a lot of jobs, it's good to show that you have a grasp or just that general basic understanding of the job field that you're going in. So for instance, there's someone that I'm connected to on LinkedIn and she is looking for a job as a front-end developer. Therefore, she has taken it upon herself to create a .com site, which is her, her portfolio. And on the site, she has um, incorporated a lot of um, interesting CSS design. She has Man, I don't know the specific terminology, but it she has shown that she has skills with HTML. And so she has uh, graphics, animated logos, and she has videos embedded into the code. And so she has created a portfolio site. Not only do you read the words, but you also see her work. And so do you how do you feel about those types of how do you feel about taking that approach? If you're going in for a job as a front-end dev, show them some front-end dev work. If you're going 
into the field and you are looking to be a UX UI designer showing even if it's just you know some of the simplest of projects do you feel like that goes a long way oh yeah it really does I think one of the the biggest things to do is especially if you're going into one of those um one of those fields of uh front end you know software developer uh UI UX designer or graphic designer right showing showcasing your work is going to be extremely important because especially if you're new if you have a track record if you've been in maybe a software engineer for a while uh you probably don't have to do that right because you've been on different jobs you have enough experience to be like hey i've done this before i'm going to do a good job and most of the times you're pretty pretty much good but it's super super important when you are just starting out when no one knows you, right? Uh, no job has really taken a chance on you yet to create that portfolio and to display that. And depending upon what you're going to be doing, so let's say that you're a UI UX designer, you would want to design different things, maybe work, uh, ask family members if you can design different things. I'm sure you know you have many family members who would would love uh, something designed or maybe uh, get some ideas uh, off the internet and create a portfolio, uh, make things unique, add your own flair to it, right? If you're a software engineer going for a front end or back end, make sure that you're using the languages that you would use, the languages and frameworks that you would use in that particular job. So for instance, if you're a front end developer, you probably would want to focus on JavaScript, right? You want to focus on HTML, CSS. Um, you'd want to focus on frameworks, React, Angular, things like that. And that would be something that if you're able to, to add those projects, you're able to let the gatekeepers or even the managers know, hey, I'm serious about this. This is something that I want to do. I've built the skills necessary to actually perform well in this position because that's really what you want to do i mean that's that's really what the purpose of the resume is right is to is to let people know these are the skills that i have and these this is the reason why i'm a good fit for this job absolutely and that's what I, you know, it, for a lot of jobs in dev and tech, that is what I appreciate about this job field is oftentimes they are looking to see if you know how to do it. Do you have a general grasp of the work or the field that you're going into? So it's not necessarily about, you know, you always want to present well, we'll, you know, maybe we'll touch on interviewing again, but in the, in the future, but it's... It, with dev and tech oftentimes it's not about how do you present in the interview is oftentimes hiring managers just want to see have you done this work before do you uh, do this work and so i have heard a lot from you and others that it's in your best interest to work on projects just man think of anything build something on your own get a general grasp of the code the syntax, the structures, and just from top to bottom, trying to get this general understanding of the language. So it's it's great to show individuals that you've done it. 
it goes a long way to show that this is something that you really want to do because you brought out a very good point. I would say that a lot of hiring managers and recruiters, they have realized that Devon Tech, it does pay well. It pays very well. It is a wow, you know, some of these job roles, entry-level jobs, it pays very well. And so there are a lot of individuals they're jumping over into the Devon Tech job market, but the only thing in their eyes are dollar signs, and we've mentioned it before, but employers have been burned because individuals, they'll jump into a job field and jump, jump into a new industry, new job role, and they've realized that they actually don't like it. it a lot of it was just, oh, wow, this pays well. This is a up and coming on oh, this, you know, this market is booming. I'm jumping over into this, you know, but... And so they they it's good to show that you like to do this work, like to do it. whether you're getting paid or not, you enjoy this work. You like to do it. You like to immerse yourself in code. You like to put yourself into web design and to toy around with different projects. And so the two sections that came up into my mind, um, Aaron, maybe you can add your thoughts. I've always heard your resume has four to six seconds to catch a recruiter or hiring manager's eye and keep them hooked. They are going to look at it just in that short amount of time. And so if you get past the applicant tracking system and it reaches human eyes, it's important that the first section, which is usually summary or objective, is something that catches their eye. And right after that, especially if you're going into dev and tech, there's a section that may be titled skills, or it may be entitled core competencies. And so to me, share your thoughts with this, Aaron, to me, those two sections are critical because they are the first section summary is basically saying, this is who I am and this is what I am pursuing. The next section is, these are the skills that I hold to be successful in this role. And so Aaron, how do you feel about those two sections? When you don't have those sections filled out appropriately or they're not, they're not explained well, Right. Uh, if you if you don't have the skills that translate to to the job that you're applying for, or you haven't appropriately thought out your objective, then recruiters are going to pass up your resume each and every time. And it may take several times for you to really nail down a eye catching objective. But one of the things that you can do is reach out to a mentor, right? Reach out to recruiters, ask them what they're looking for. That's, that's what I did. Ask other people who are in the field what people are looking for so that you can actually add a eye catching objective and let them stay on your resume for longer than four to six seconds. The skills part, I think, is really crucial. But there is a danger, I think, especially if you're new. I've seen resumes where people will rank their skills and have, oh, well, you know, I'm 70% proficient in JavaScript and I'm, you know, 65% proficient in HTML or uh, I would recommend definitely not doing that because it does two things. 
Number one, it does catch their eye, but not in a good way. People who are maybe looking at this, especially gatekeepers, may be technical. They may not be technical, right? So what is 75% knowing JavaScript? There are new things that come out in JavaScript all the time. New things that come out in CSS, new things that come out in frameworks. So to say that you have a percent efficiency in a concept doesn't really translate because things continue to move. It's not a solid field, right? It's an ever-changing fluid industry. So you have to continually keep up with these things. So one minute you could technically be 75% proficient in JavaScript, but then another year passes and they've released a whole bunch of different new things. And now you're 50% proficient. Does that mean that you can't code in JavaScript? No. You definitely can. You're probably really good. But to the employer, what does that look like, right? So I wouldn't rank your skills. I wouldn't put your percentile next to them. Just put them there, right? Just put the skills there. Put them in the, uh, you can put them in whatever order that you like. But honestly, it's just important that you have those skills there. And they're highlighted for other people to see. When they look at your resume, they just see those skills. Okay, well, this person can code in JavaScript. They can code in Python. They can code in Ruby. They know uh, React, Angular. Um, you know, they, they know all these frameworks. Okay, cool. So then that makes them want to have a conversation with you. Like we said, resumes get you in the front door. And that's the most important thing, right? And sometimes that can be the hardest part. And to help with that, we are going to add a resume checklist to our show notes after this episode so that you can take a look and just kind of eye down and see if your resume kind of fits the general checklist. And this is good things to keep in mind, some of these things that we're talking about today. The ATS or the applicant tracking system, what do you think would be uh, some things that you need to include in order to get past that robot? You definitely have to look at the keywords. Optimizing your resume with keywords is is extremely important because what's going to happen is a recruiter or hiring manager, if they are using an applicant tracking system, when they input the job description and job requirements, they are going to, depending on the job, there are specific keywords or skills that will be needed in order to fill the role. And so therefore, okay, let's just let's just be 100% real here. There are times when candidates will just spam their resume and application because it's extremely easy. You know, a lot of sites such as LinkedIn, Indeed, a lot of job sites have made it easy for you to submit your resume for consideration. And so therefore, there are a lot of candidates that have, like I said, they'll, they'll spam their resume out. And so companies, it's not uncommon for them to get, wow, each week I've heard they can get close to 100,000 resumes in a week. And so therefore, a human is not going to be able to go through all of those resumes for these job roles. So therefore, the tracking system is looking for keywords to make sure that candidates who best fit that role are individuals that will be considered and passed on to, as we mentioned, human eyes, the, uh, the next round of gatekeepers. And so you want to look for 
the keywords, words such as the detail-oriented, proactive, self-starter, communication skills. And then when you go over into the world of dev and tech, different resources that are used, such as Jira, Asana, Kanban, Scrum, and then the keywords with the languages, C-sharp, JavaScript, Python, Ruby, Node, and so there are specific keywords. There are, I, I, I'll see if we can also add, there are websites that will help job candidates to make sure that their resume has the keywords. And so it's, it's, it's key because sometimes we may think to ourselves, well, I I don't really know what the keywords are. And so there are sites out there where you will paste the job description and requirements and on the left-hand side of the screen in a field on the left-hand side, you will paste your resume or upload it on the right-hand side. And the website or the resource will help you to see how many keywords are in the job posting and then how many of those keywords are in your resume. Because it, it's it's extremely important because we're talking about, as you know, it, it sounds funny, but it's true. We're, we're talking about an algorithm or a robot that is going to scan over these resumes and look for those words. So therefore, if myself and Aaron we're going for a job as a front-end dev. You have keywords in there mentioning the programming language as well as critical thinking, self-starter, initiative, communication. And so you have those words. So I may have tons of information in my resume. My resume may even be two pages, but if I don't have those specific keywords, Aaron may have a resume that's three quarters of a page, but it's very possible. His resume will be selected over mine because his resume is optimized for the applicant tracking system. The tracking system selects his resume because he has more keywords and it will pass him to the next round. And so, man, we there's, Aaron, I think we may need a a separate show just to talk about the applicant tracking system, but that's one of the points that I wanted to mention. And then the keywords, and then also the next point I'll mention and share your thoughts on this, Aaron, there are a lot of templates out there that are fancy. A lot of, if you go to Google, uh, Google Docs, Microsoft Word, there are even online, there are a lot of templates out there for resumes. And so all of us have to just be careful about using fancy templates because we may see something that catches our eye and we say, wow, this template is amazing, but it's actually not applicant tracking system friendly and it can cause your resume to be omitted you may have the is the the other that's the other ironic situation you may have these perfect skill set for a job but if your resume is full of design a lot of designs and a lot of you know fancy 
fancy it's, it's a fancy layout with so many different colors and shading used it can actually cause you to be omitted we you have to be careful and kind of balance the fanciness of the resume with having it run through the applicant tracking system right because like you said you could have all the keywords and you could be like, oh, man, you know, I'm, I'm ready to apply for these jobs. But because it has it's a little bit too much, uh, you know, has a little too much extra stuff on there that makes it hard for the applicant tracking system to read. You kind of get put in the not viewable pile. And that's something that you, you don't want to happen. The other thing, too, is. If you're really worried about the applicant tracking system, the one thing that you can do to kind of bypass this would be to reach out to the recruiter or the manager from that job and hand your resume off directly, right? Or another good way is to have someone refer you. Because I know the way that it works in, in my job is if you are referred you do bypass the applicant tracking system. If you were to apply directly through maybe a link or something like that, a job posting, it'll run through the, the ATS. If you're referred, it has this fast tracking mechanism to say, okay, well, obviously they're already approved. So let's go ahead and put this in front of a recruiter, a manager, et cetera. So that is a way for you to bypass the applicant tracking system. So if you have this really fancy resume uh, with some videos attached or something like that, right? Uh, that's probably gonna be the, the way to get noticed because if you just apply through regular means, you could get excluded because of the applicant tracking system. So before we wrap up today's episode, why do you think it's important to keep your resume simple, not too overly complicated? What do you think should be the minimum length um, or the maximum length? Why do you think it's important to keep it simple? I think just to directly answer the question, I have come across a few resources that have mentioned two pages at the most. If we are referring to an extremely high-level role, that could be the exception to go over two pages when we are referring to a role that is director or VP level. Okay, may need to make an exception because there's a decent amount of information that may need to go on the resume showing your skill set and how you can help with the direction the company is going in, the organization is going in. But two pages at the very most. Keeping it simple is great because if you are able to hold the gatekeepers, the human eyes, if you're able to have a resume that holds their attention, it's good to keep it simple. Just two to three sentences for a summary, three to four bullet points under each job. It's good to keep things simple because if it's overly complicated, an individual may feel like instead of just looking directly at how you can contribute to the role and also if you're a good fit, instead of looking, instead of viewing your resumes as that, you don't want them to feel as if they're having to read a story or read a book. You know, the NS, that's just, those are my thoughts because there are a lot of individuals that may argue and say, it's good to, there are some recruiters, they they like to see a story. They like to see someone to be creative. And 
instead of job, instead of bullet points, they may want to read a paragraph about your job experience. But I know that from experience, I have come across more often than not individuals in recruiting and human resources that have mentioned that they enjoy a simple two to four bullet point format consistently throughout the resume when we are referring to the field for job experience and then under education or certifications if you are giving a description use simple bulleted points because those are simple to read and simple to navigate down you don't want the individual to have to find and dig for the information within paragraphs. And so that's usually the best approach. It's good to keep it simple because no pun intended, just simply put, it's easier to read, you know? I think uh I think we all can agree that uh a recruiter goes through many different resumes, a manager goes through many different resumes. And the thing that you don't want to do make them use more time that they than they need to, right? Because what they're trying to do is they are trying to take a part of their day and go through resumes to figure out who's going to be the best person to fit this particular role. If your resume is long and they see a three-page resume, Sometimes, right? If it even passes the applicant tracking system, that's number one. They may say, oh, man, you know, I'm not reading this. And all the hard work that you've done just kind of goes out the window. So the resume is to, like we said, to get your foot in the door. You can, don't worry about, uh, you know, well, you know, what if they don't see this? And what if they don't see this? And I really want to explain myself here. You will have a chance to do that. On the interview. That is what the interview is for. It's for you to explain certain gaps. It's for you to explain certain things. It's for you to delve deep into your technical knowledge. The resume is not really the place to do that. It's it's really just to get your foot in the door, get an invitation to the party, so to speak, right? So that's what you want to take a look at what a resume is. It's it's the key to open that door, to get your foot in the door so that you can start having those conversations and start getting the experience of interviewing, which if you're brand new to Dev and Tech is extremely important because let's be honest, the first job that you apply to, if you get an interview for it, you probably won't get it. It just is what it is, right? But the more and more that you apply, the more and more you hone that resume, the more and more you hone your interviewing technique, the better chances you have of landing that first role in DevonTech. So I think, um, you know, keep it, keep it relevant, keep it simple. Uh, make sure that you have those keywords on there. And we'll be adding a checklist uh, for everyone. Hopefully that's helpful to everyone. But um, we'll uh, round out the show with uh, what we've been up to lately. So, Karen, what have you been up to lately? What Any new things you've been doing? Yeah, I actually have gone back to Python. I have an exciting new opportunity upcoming where I will share with our audience uh, within the next couple of weeks. There's a new opportunity that's come about, but I decided to 
I, I wanted to, I'm not, I'm not going into coding, but it, the new opportunity that I have upcoming, it did, the organization, it, it did just spark within me my desire to jump into code again. And Python has been the language that, it, it, it's the language that spoke to me that I've worked with the most. I enjoy coding in Python. And so uh, within the next few months, I, I am hoping to add in the show notes, I'm creating a game, a simple game in Python where a rocket ship is blasting aliens. And so this coding is taking place and it's, I'm using Python and there's a framework I believe it's called Pi Game that I'm going to be using. I have accomplished a major accomplishment, which, man, I tell you, it, it always helps me to have a great amount of respect for coding and development. Because when I tell you, it took me hours to create a blank screen where the ship will, where the ship will be flying, and so. <laughs> Um, I've completed the first task. I've created the game screen, the area where the game will take place. And so that's what I've been doing. I, you know, as like I said, I'll share more in the upcoming weeks, but I have had this desire to jump back into coding. I enjoy it. I really do. I enjoy it a lot. I don't have as much experience as you do, Aaron. And but just in my own time, I still have this desire. Ever since I was in high school, I had this desire to jump into coding. And so um, that's what I've been doing. So uh, yeah, if you if you need help, reach out. Happy to happy <laughs> to help. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's see. Recently, for me, I haven't really been doing uh, too much. Really, just um, uh, taking care of uh, you know household responsibilities. Um, but I have recently been. Um, reviewing some products for uh taking care of like in, uh, car interiors so i recently came across um uh, a company called chemical guys i'm not sure if you've if you've heard of them before but they make all kinds of detailing stuff and um my wife has um leather in her in her car and we bought it used and the leather looks worn right so i was thinking maybe is it something that i can get to make it look a little bit better clean it up a little bit and let me tell you these products work uh it's not not n we're not being endorsed by uh chemical guys or anything like that um but uh i i've used it it's it's really awesome it is really really good so if you're looking for you know, some uh, products to, to, to do some detailing. And I think they, they have products for um, outside detailing, car washes and stuff like that, waxing, all kinds of stuff. Um, but I only got the interior detail uh, kit that they had. And it's, it's really, really good. I mean, I, I mean, the leather even smells better now, which is kind of crazy. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, what I've been up to lately. Yeah. And you know, that sounds great. I, I need to look into that. I'm glad you mentioned that because my wife, she's always looking for a product that can help with our car interior. And especially when you have kids, it's like, man, that's just, oh yeah. 
extremely necessary. But I forgot to mention my daughter. She is actually using a, she's creating a game as well. And she has asked for me to help. And so she's 14 years old and she is creating a 2D, um, maybe 8-bit or 16-bit game. She's using a specific program that helps with that. And so maybe we'll, I'll be able to add that into the notes as well. But, you know, hey, we, it's um it's something to one day you're watching these you know children watching children shows with their child but then eventually they are actually trying to learn skills that they can use throughout life and so it's been a surreal experience and so that's, that's also what I've been up to that's pretty cool yeah it's uh, it's nice to be able to see uh, your your children kind of take an interest in uh, new things and kind of help them help them along so uh we'll go ahead and end it right here uh thanks for listening to the dev and tech podcast uh and we will see you in the next one all right take care thanks thanks for listening to the work for games dev and tech podcast we talk about all things dev and tech we're currently on Spotify and Apple Podcasts for the moment. We are coming to other podcasting platforms in the future, so stay tuned and thanks for listening.